0: What is up, everybody? Mark on the mic here. We have another gun highlight for you. Across from me, we've got Eric Barber, a.k.a. Slingin' Rick. And then oftentimes, we just call you Rick. And what do we have here Ooh, today, oh. Eric? What's going on? Oh, Mark, did you hear that? What is I, it talking? I think it just growled.
1: Uh, Stomach growled. It's hungry. It's, it's, it's hungry. Hun- it's, hungry. <laughs> it's hungry.
0: Now, I'm going to say, like, so, well... You say what we got here, and then
1: I'm going to follow with a couple things. Yeah. So, on the table here, we got a. If you're watching along on YouTube, I got my Remington 870 Express circa 2001, Mm. topped with a Spark Solar Red Dot, a very unique cantilever mount, and a Carlson's Carlson's Choke Tube designed for heavyweight shot. I don't shoot heavyweight shot out of it, but the choke shoots what i shoot out of it really good that is the important thing <laughs>
0: i shoot heavy shot uh because it's um more expensive and therefore better yes exactly so, but that's me thinking actually and i it's some
1: amazing it, it, success it, it is it. good it is good
0: this isn't new in box
1: negative very
0: it's very not, uh, much
1: used yes i'm not sure it has any finish left anywhere actually <laughs> nope it, it, <laughs> it doesn't um so this thing this was my uh not my first shotgun. I My dad got me a Rossi 410 for my first shotgun like two years before I could hunt. But this is my first hunting shotgun. So I got this for my 12th birthday. My dad went and picked it out. We we picked it out together at like a farm and fleet, fleet farm, and uh, shot it the next day. On my birthday, we went and shot a, a trap over at a local gun club. and Straight put like, into it. I, I think I probably put like, probably 200 rounds through it that day. Like, I was just addicted to it. Wow, that's awesome. So, yeah, and, and now, obviously, with, uh, you know, given the season, we're sitting here March 15th, so before you know it, we'll be chasing turkeys, so it's set up for for turkey hunting, and this is still, to this day, like, any any gobbler I've ever shot with a gun has come at the hand of this thing.
0: So <sighs> That is amazing. I mean, since so since I've known you, yeah, this is the only gun that I've ever seen you use, but I actually thought you put this uh mount on here when you started yeah. running a red dot for turkey hunting yeah. i guess i just kind of assumed two and two together at least for me because i've never seen a mount like that used like essentially aside like outside of turkey hunting right. but You've had that mount on there for a long time for a different species.
1: Yeah. So when I was uh, when I was 12 years old, that first year of me gun deer hunting, we hunted in a zone in Wisconsin that uh, limited your firearm restriction to uh, a shotgun. So back at that time, a lot of like the southern, the central, I would say like c- central, all the way down through the southern part of the state was shotgun only. And really, you didn't get into the rifle counties until you got north of... Gosh, I'm blanking on the highway. Uh, like north of I mean for Wisconsin folks, north of like Shawano County. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once you got north of there we hunted in Shawnee. So I know Shawano was definitely shotgun and that's where, where uh where we were hunting, so that's that's why I use this. But anyways I'm
0: here's what I'll say. I'm aware that of this time period where like counties were shotgun only. Thank goodness Yeah. when I moved here and I don't know, when did I move here? I guess fourteen years ago, something like that. Yeah. That was eliminated, or at least it was like on the verge, or it where, was on where, its way out. Wherever I hunted, I didn't have to ever use a shotgun, and I just anyway. Yeah, I don't care for that personally.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, I remember shooting. So the the backstory on that mount is it was the week before Wisconsin gun deer season, and in true fashion, I waited until that time. My dad waited until that time. I had no means of transportation. I'm 12 years old. My dad waited until that time yeah, for me to cite, yeah, point the finger. sight <laughs> yeah, in my uh, my my shotgun, and I have a it's like a 16 or 18 inch uh, rifled slug barrel with open sights on, and and oh. that's what I was that's what I was getting dialed in. So you've got two barrels for this Yeah, thing. yep. Okay. Yeah, we'll get into this. I mean, the Remington 870, I've always, as a kid, thought it was the only gun you ever needed. And I actually kind of stand by that. You're not still. wrong. Yeah. I mean... I mean, you, you want to shoot a muskox? Well, put on the slug barrel. <laughs> <laughs> Dunzo. You know? How's 250 grains of Fury feel? <laughs> get back to us. <laughs> actually, you won't. You're dead. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyways, so spent the... It was like a Tuesday night and we went to the the local gun club. Shout out to Daniel Boone Gun Club in Richfield, Wisconsin. <laughs> and if you're uh, listening. Yeah. And uh went and sighted in my my shotgun there and uh came back home and then it was like the Friday Thursday or Friday before opening weekend. I took it out of the case or I was like we were packing up ready to go up north and um grabbed the gun and it was just, my dad had a uh Bushnell one and three quarter to four power scope on it on top of this little cantilever mount. So I've always had that cantilever mount. Um, I've since moved that scope over to a 22 that I, that I, it was like another early gun and it's got a lot of sentimental value. So still shoot that thing. But, uh, anyways, that freed up the neat, the any optic on top of this mount. And when I started working here just about five years ago, first spring I didn't run a red dot. I was actually very hesitant about running a red dot and mm-hmm. then, um, started learning more. I mean, I was hesitant because I didn't know anything about red dots. I would literally never shot a red dot until working here five years ago and, um, started to learn more about them. And then in, that would have been my second year here, I put a crossfire red dot on top of this thing, ran that. And then when we were testing out the new spark solars, this is actually a pre-launch sample of the spark solar still running, still never change the battery. I mean, that thing has been beat up and it's rocking. So
0: that's awesome.
1: But yeah, that is the backstory on that mount. So you can still find that mount, not that exact mount, but you can go on like Amazon. Uh, that's how I've always found them. I'm sure you can find them at your local, local gun dealer, but I always just go on Amazon and type in Remington 870 saddle mount. And there's a, there's a variety of mounts available. The 870 is such a popular shotgun platform that there's, you know, more tactical, you know, applications than this. There's very similar applications to that. So, any saddle mount will help you get an optic on top of the 870 because it's not drilled and tapped.
0: Right, right. Now, what's interesting here, though, is is you almost have like a peak under sight system. I mean, you could still use that front bead, I guess, if if you wanted to oh Um.
1: absolutely and and that's uh (laughs) that's a good point there is a little bit of daylight there's a fair amount of daylight i mean very usable amount of uh open space beneath the rail so you can actually still use the bead if if for whatever reason your dock goes down whatever um you could still hunt it and be Mm -hmm. and be totally fine
0: so when you were turkey hunting before you got the dot then you would pull that saddle off then Yeah okay. yeah
1: I've I've had that dot or I've had that saddle I uh it would have been 2019 Yeah when I put that on there for the first time since I had it in like 01, 02, whenever that was many years ago when I, I hunted it for the first time. But, yeah, the nice thing with that is you pop these these pins in the receiver out, um, you replace it with the pins that, that go into that spot, and you know just with the simple, I mean, genuinely takes less than a minute to swap that out, and you can go from shooting turkeys in the morning to shooting trap and skeet in the evening or hunting birds, whatever. Mm, that sounds um, lovely. Yeah, so it's uh, it's super easy.
0: What would you say? Okay, personal question. Yeah. What would you say the body count is on this thing?
1: <laughs> oh man, I should have looked at the slight call before we came in here. I, if I had to just guess, it's probably around fifty. Oh my God. <laughs> I've had a couple really good years of turkey hunting. <laughs> <and laughs> had a couple and, good, good couple good runs <laughs> there. But yeah, I mean every every bird I've ever shot has been with this gun, and. You know, it just, it, it's got so much sentimental value to me that I, I can't not hunt with it.
0: Well, and so here's, here's one thing I love about you, Rick. We've hunted turkeys together a handful of times and I recall one. And so like, and you also hunt, you're a seasoned turkey vet and you you hunt turkeys more and take it more seriously than just about anybody I know. Like when it's turkey season, like it's on from start to finish multiple States, How many tags you got, buddy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, We were hunting together one particular instance, and we had a bird come in pretty tight, and there was, like, a a screen of brush, like, preventing a shot. Now, I'll say this. Like, I was pumped up. I was very excited because I get jacked out of my mind. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've never heard somebody breathe so heavy, like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, the bird is going to like spook because I mean, I was like five feet away from you and I was like, dude, this guy is out of his mind. And then we ended up, unfortunately, (laughs) we didn't get the, like, the bird just like moved off. I'm not going to say that you, you didn't spook it with your heavy breathing. I I actually, I don't (laughs) think, I don't think that's what happened. But anyway, I love that you still like, I mean, I think everybody who turkeys, man, you get jacked up when you got a bird coming, but like, Next level excitement! I was like, man, this guy's gonna have to keep it together.
1: Which you obviously do, because a lot of turkeys fall down uh, at your hand. That one was very close. He, w- I remember that. I mean, bird. that was like five feet. I mean, yeah, we're standing here in the podcast studio. He was legitimately from the distance of like us to these cameras. To these cameras, yeah, like, exactly. He was, could see his hooks. Thought he was gonna attack. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you were worried exactly. for your safety. I was frightened.
0: You bring up. we were just. It's you know. We're obviously we're getting jacked for turkey season right now. We were looking through different, you know, like you've got your FHF uh, call harness, which actually I got one of those this year. And so, like, I was, you know, checking out how you have it configured because I know if you've futzed with, fussed with it quite a bit. And so we're getting jacked about that. You bought a new shotgun this year. I did. Which is a very nice shotgun. You brought it in. Points very nicely. And then we just, like, you are just like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to use that this year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the background there is I bought a Franke Affinity Three. A phenomenal gun. It's much lighter than the 870 here. My wife, Chantel, she she likes the turkey hunt, too. Mm-hmm. And she's been using a 410 now for the past two years, which is a great gun. She's killed a bird with it last year. I mean, that thing's like five pounds, maybe. Like, it, it's super light. It's
0: light. It just, it, it does, like, I but was the, like, I've got a Benelli M2 that I really like. Yeah. But when I picked up, I was like, mm, I sure like this, too. Yeah.
1: The problem with the uh the four ten isn't really that it's there's no issue with the 410 it's that when we go and do some sort of other type of hunting whether we go pheasant hunting or if she wants to shoot you know sporting clays the 410 isn't the the solution there so i was kind of in the market i this thing we'll get into it this thing is getting old it's starting to really show its wear so i do need another shotgun um so i did get that frankie with kind of the intent that Chantel use it Mm -hmm. i'm going to be very careful with my 870 here like as you actually you know you kind of pointed out that the finish is all off it. I mean, as you look at it, even like the stock has a little bit of wiggle out there. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I wonder if
0: you can tighten that up.
1: Uh, so if anybody is listening to that, please let me know if you can tighten up the rear stock on these 870s. It's got a little bit of, little bit of play there. A little there. play in there. I am adamantly opposed, and I'm glad we're, we're here now. I'm adamantly opposed. I will not do it. I will not replace the stock. To replace the stock, to replace the wood on this gun would be like taking a Van Gogh painting and taking off all the ink, all the paint, mm-hmm. and you're left with a blank canvas. That is no longer art. The art in this gun is in all the the nicks in the stock, the wood, you know, the finish on the foregrip. There's a, a dent here in the vent rib when my buddy's dad shut it inside of a Chevy Astro van. Oh. and <laughs> 2004 2005 one of my first turkey hunts ever it got shut in the back of a chevy astro van so she's still kicking i say all of that to say that this on the surface you see a remington 870 woodstock you've seen a million of them this thing is loaded with personality and that's where the value is to me so no i dig it i dig it yeah hopefully if someone knows if someone yeah, let, let us know comment below reach out yeah, because you don't.
0: Yeah, you don't want to. Like you said, you don't want to replace it, but yeah. I have to think there's. And it's there's, still functional. Will, way. It is still functional. Like Maybe it's, it's like actually
1: extra ergonomic. You know, <laughs> like it just like molds <laughs> into you. Yeah, it helps you really shoot around the tree when the <laughs> the stock has that flex built into it. So, but yeah, it, uh, obviously, I mean, those all those like nicks and scratches and scars on this gun have come over. Coming up on twenty years of hunting it, yeah. And I mean, this thing spent probably about like ten minutes in the bottom of a marsh in Stuckard, Arkansas, a couple of years back. Um, this Did thing you have is, to go swimming for it. Yeah, I had to dump the waders and <laughs> go down and go down and get it. So <laughs> that
0: is awesome. But yeah,
1: I mean, that's that is why it looks the way that it does. It's very well used, and I intend to keep using it as long as I can. So.
0: Well, I know you've got some big plans for it this year, as you do every year, so we're going to actually get out again, so I'm yeah. pumped about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure this thing will be right along there with us. It so.
1: absolutely will be. I mean, there's there's a couple things, too, like, you know, you look at it, it, it has a, sl- I've got a sling on it, like, 870s oh, yeah. aren't, they don't come with the sling swivels, but um, you can drill into your... Your stock and actually like put your own stud there. That's what I did. Um, we were actually just talking about that with Graham uh, before we jumped on. You know, he has an older shotgun that doesn't have the the, the stud to accept a swivel, um, and he's like, "Yeah, how hard was it?" And I mean, I did it in my what well, at the point at that time was in my apartment and just <laughs> drilled a hole into it and figured it out. So I mean, it's uh there there's definitely a lot that you can do, you know, to to make your eight 870 a real you know legitimate turkey contender when I first got this thing like I the the first couple of years hunting with it I um you know when I was a kid I, I missed a bunch of birds and at, at the time I kind of attributed it to the gun like oh, I've got a more budget-friendly shotgun well I kind of did some looking into it once I got older, you know, I ran the same, same choke and shotgun setup from like the time I was 12 until probably the time I was in high school, I started working at Gander Mountain.
0: You just got to shut, shut it in the door of an Astrovan and yeah. then
1: she'll spot on
0: after exactly.
1: that. Exactly. But w- once I, I, like I said, in high school, uh, senior year of high school, I started working at Gander Mountain and, um, Learning much more about firearms and specifically shotguns and choke tubes and how important the choke is. And I remember the choke. I don't even know what choke I had, and all I know is that my dad bought it for nine dollars and ninety nine cents. So the and I still have that choke. So we could bring it in and look at it. We should look <laughs> yeah, at it. Curious. We should shoot it. Yeah. But I, I. So anyways, I shot it then when I bought this new choke, which is a uh, Carlson's. Um, it's the the one specifically designed for Federal Heavyweight. Okay. I shoot Longbeard XR out out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm I always had great luck with that. I mean, at 50, 60 yards, you're putting, you know, 20 to 30 BBs scattered throughout the head and neck. So I feel totally confident with this thing. But anyways, a long-winded way of saying that – Swapping out that choke tube actually made a ton of difference. Mm-hmm. And to anybody that might be listening to this thinking, yeah, my 870 just hasn't really been quite there. You know, I've got this whatever shotgun that I also use that seems to perform better. I would definitely look into, you know, messing around with some after some other chokes and, and playing with it because this thing, I mean, I... I- feel totally confident in this gun at, at those distances. and
0: For sure, for sure. No, it makes a huge difference. I'm going to
1: be doing a little
0: uh, playing around with some different chokes with my M2 this year. And I'm going to predict that I see some dramatic results with Definitely.
1: it. Definitely, yeah. I mean, play, playing around with a variety of different loads and chokes is probably, I mean, it's not easy anymore as it was probably five years ago, three years ago before you know, ammo became a little bit more challenging to find. But if you do have ammo, I mean, even pheasant loads, actually that's what I use to, like every year when I pop off this cantilever mount and I put it back on, the entire unit dot-included slides right off and I can put it right back on. So I know there's not a whole lot of variance in point of impact, but I always do want to check it, and I always check it with a pheasant load. And actually, I would feel totally confident you know, if I was in a pinch, shooting a number five pheasant load at a bird out to 40 yards, no problem.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get, you know, maybe the range that you might with, you know, a dedicated modern turkey exactly. load. But yeah. a, lot of, a lot of birds have been killed with them things just fine. So, and, and what you bring up is actually a really good point, not that we're on to like, how to, you know, do your red dot on your turkey gun, but... Using a pheasant load or even you know just a standard trap load. That's when where you, I start when you're, when you're yeah, zeroing. Definitely. You know that way you're not burning those expensive shells, and you can at least get close to where you do just your finish work with exactly. the loads that you plan on using. Yeah,
1: I mean we're we're kind of talking about it, so we might as well just jump into it quick. But like when I've when I first mounted the dot on this thing, I started with number seven and a half at like 10 yards because I wanted to be super close to at least make those like mm-hmm. those mass adjustments. Right. Um, started there and then I went to 20, 30, 40 with pheasant loads and was fine. And then I did a confirmation at 20, a confirmation at 40 and a confirmation at 60 with my actual turkey load. So at the end of the day, you're only three turkey loads invested in that process. Mm-hmm. And now because you went through that, you're heading to the field with Total peace of mind, total confidence, and you're just going to be that much much more ready in a when when a shot does finally present. So yeah, yeah, and then particularly when your heart's you know beating on yeah. your chest <laughs> and you can't control <laughs>
0: your breathing. Yeah. Absolutely, um, no, that's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, I love this thing. Every time you bring this thing out, I mean, you, you obviously you can tell you're just, oh yeah, this thing has seen a few things. Yep.
1: So I it, like it. It's a favorite for sure.
0: Well, I appreciate you bringing it in, chatting about it. I'm even more jacked about getting out in the turkey woods, uh, this year. And, uh, yeah. So what, uh, I asked the, you know, ask the audience out there, do you have a turkey gun that's got a lot of sentimental value and a lot of memories attached to it so much so that you actually won't use the new shotgun that you bought? Yeah. Uh,
1: Turkey hunters are a sentimental group, myself included. And I'm sure there's a lot of folks listening that have that gun, mm -hmm. whatever that gun is. So we want to know, let us know, drop it in the comments share a picture with us on social. Yep. We'd, we'd love to see it. So
0: I'm like the reverse. I've got a gun that I've got so much attachment to and love so much that I actually don't use it because I've kind of retired it yeah. for like only like very special occasions. Yeah. So anyway, what's, what's your, what's your process look like everybody? How are you managing your sentimental shotguns? Let us know. <laughs> and until next time, happy hunting and shooting. We'll catch you on the next one.